Football systems check. Microphone. Check. Record enabled. Kate. Check. Michelle. Check. All systems go. I repeat, all systems go. We got a problem. We got a Copy. We have ball blast. I repeat, we have ball blast. Injuries. So many injuries. Can we just please take a moment of silence? Do we need an off-season again to let everyone get healthy? And Good Lord, have... we need a mid-season off-season. There are so Early many... Early season, off-season. There are so many big-time injuries. Let's take a moment of silence for all of the ACLs we lost on Sunday. Thank right. you. Yeah, thank you guys. Yeah. I appreciate I it. I felt that. All right, so there's so many we have to get into. But yeah. first, like, what happened for you on Sunday that was exciting? Let's talk about some happy news before, you know, we get into this depressing stuff. Ooh, happy news. What's that? I don't know. Did you have anything fun? Uh, I was super excited about Raheem Mostert until he was injured. <laughs> right, um, so. He's broken off two major runs. Dude is a beast. I'm so excited. He's a top 10 running back. What about Tyler Higby going off? Tyler Higby, oh my lord. Three, Three touchdowns. touchdowns. Where's those Gerald Everett uh, targets? And oh my god, I thought he was the tight end one. Yeah. He's not. That's about all we can be happy about. That's the only thing. <laughs> yeah. Too. Zach Moss. Uh, you were one rushing yard away from winning me $200 or something. Yeah, $178. All he needed was one more rushing yard. I yeah. don't think he got another carry. He is dealing with a toe injury. He limped off the field in the Ugh. fourth quarter, and I think that's why he didn't get any more work. Either way. How rude of him. Uh, he, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, either way, yeah, he hasn't been living up to uh, the hype that we created for him. Anyways, we did do that, huh? Yeah. Anyways, this is Michelle. By the way, you can find me at ballblastem, ballblast em. You can find me, Kate, on Twitter at ffballblast. You can find all our work on ballblastfootball.com. So many exciting pieces. We've got all of the week three content you could possibly imagine. Start, sits, fire, and ice. Uh, that's the same article, but it's the it's, best article we have. Uh, well, and thank you. Michelle's that's my article. Piece. So yeah. thank you. No, but go read it. So uh, every player, every game, I go through, tell you what the fire starts are of the week, the ice starts, the sleepers, the do not plays. It's a fun one. The DNPs. Yeah. Uh, we've got a lot of really, really great writers over there. So please check out ballblastfootball.com. Consider supporting us on Patreon at patreon.com slash ballblast. Before we get into our segment, I want to take a moment to talk about my bookie. We have got my bookie, uh, an incredible, incredible sports book website. You can bet literally anything in the world that you can put your mind to it. Uh, you get winning season returns. You get to double your first deposit. You get insane player props, epic bonuses, and the craziest cross sports wagers. At my bookie, you get winning seasons watching live sports, betting live sports all season long. Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs start right where they left off, and the NFL has officially returned in a very big way, and that means action-packed Sundays, huge cash prizes, week in and week out. Get in on the action. Use promo code BALLBLAST. Double your first deposit. New players get up to $1,000 in free play. $1,000. And think of what you can do. Think of the player props you will get to play with that free money, 
designed to add more excitement to the sports you love and the games you bet. Bet with the best in this NFL season and you will have the chance to win big. Don't forget to use promo code BALLBLAST to double your first deposit. Your winning season begins today, only at MyBookie. In. Breaking news. Breaking news. Breaking bodies. Uh, I think we could just close out this entire breaking news with uh, everyone's hurt and good luck finding someone to play this week. Yeah. Uh, please check out the injury podcast with Matthew Betts and I. That'll be coming out here shortly. Yeah. We won't get too deep into the injuries. We're just going to talk really quickly about them because Kate and Betts did an awesome injury uh, podcast, like she just said. So you can listen to that to hear, um, you know, get into the details of those injuries and how long they'll be. Uh, but let's start it off. Michael Thomas, high ankle sprain. He's going to be out a couple weeks longer. You know, he already missed the one game on Monday night. Uh, and we Traquan saw Traquan Smith baller. was the beneficiary. Uh, it was not Emmanuel Sanders. <laughs> it was not. He was not anywhere to be found. Rest uh, in peace, Saquon Barkley. Saquon Barkley, torn ACL. Uh, that's uh. terrible. Devonta Freeman signed with the Giants for uh. one year. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I actually didn't put in any waiver ads or bids for him nope. anywhere. I don't care to have Devonta Freeman. If you didn't have fun playing him last year in Atlanta... I don't think you're going to have fun playing him this year with the Giants. We saw Barkley struggling to do anything behind that line. I I think we would all admit that Barkley's better than Devonta Freeman. I don't see a world where he's good. Nope. Or at least consistent. Maybe he has a good game or two, but... Uh, so Maybe this is uh, time could be for the Lewis game. time. Deion Lewis Ugh. gets receptions. I'm still not excited no. about that either. And then the other star running back in this league, CMC, has a high ankle sprain. I thought as you well. were going to say Raheem Mostert. <laughs> well, he has uh, MCL. What is it? Uh, a slight yeah. MCL strain. Yeah. What Something. Is it? What is it? <laughs> Some sort of MCL strain. Uh, then you have Tevin Coleman, who's on IR, also with an injury to his knee. Um, Jarek McKinnon. Interesting. Yeah, Jarek McKinnon time or Jeff Wilson time. Yeah. I would rather have Jarek McKinnon. I'm cool with playing him this week. They go against the Giants. Wilson has some touchdown upside, though. So does McKinnon. He can break one He snipes some touchdowns, though. Yeah, for sure. Uh, We had Cortland Sutton also tear his ACL. (laughs) So Jerry Judy, I mean, he looks good. He only played two NFL games, and he looks good. So I do think Jerry Judy's a good start for the rest of the year. Of course, it'll depend on matchups, and he... If he has a super hard one, you probably want to go elsewhere. But I like Jerry Judy, especially in PPR. I like uh, Noah Fan much Fant, more yeah. than I did before. I think uh, having a significant passing volume is is going to be important for him. Uh, you have Tyrod Taylor, who mysteriously uh, was out on Sunday's game. Uh, then we come to find out that his own team doctor accidentally punctured his lung. Insane. No, that's insane, and that's really sad for him, and I'm hoping he's fully healthy. Now, I'm not going to sit here and say, like, I wish Tyrod Taylor was the starter, though. Justin Herbert should be the starting quarterback for that team. You just don't want a guy to lose his job because of an injury. No, but he should have already lost his job, and that's yes. my entire point, is he should have already not had the job. Justin and Herbert looked a, fantastic. And if Anthony Lynn wasn't, like, I don't know what his issue is, he bashed. He completely 
bash Justin Herbert in front of the media, in front of the world, right after his game. And I'm sorry, Justin Herbert threw for the fourth most passing yards out of any rookie quarterback in its first start in NFL history. And you're going to come out and say he didn't win us the game. You're playing the Super Bowl champions. Nobody beats Patrick Mahomes. Like, it's so hard. And you guys almost did. And you want to talk about Justin Herbert when Tyrod Taylor barely beat the Bengals. The only reason you guys won is because the Bengals kicker missed an easy field goal. So get out of here. Like, that comment sat so bad with me. Justin Herbert's the better quarterback i don't care and yes and why don't you just build up the confidence of your young rookie i know like can you imagine playing that game and then listening to your head coach being like well he lost us the game he he's there's a reason he's a backup i would be like okay he's like what 22 years old that has to sit with you i don't with no preseason that is terrible leadership for me i was totally put off i I usually like his leadership anthony lynn on hard knocks seemed fantastic loved him and that really just Grossed me out. Uh, another, oh my goodness, the Jets are a complete disaster. Yep. So Crowder and Perriman have not practiced Wednesday or Thursday. And it's unlikely that either will probably play. So, I mean, Bell's on IR. Chris Herndon, we thought, would get a lot of targets. But if defenses only have to worry about him, good luck. Yeah. Chris Hogan time. Ooh. Uh, against oh, the- Chris Hogan was... Uh, Chris Hogan left injured. It's Braxton Berrios' oh, time. Oh, goodness. Well, it's nobody's time. I dropped so much they're, fab on him this week. <laughs> they're playing the Colts defense, who are allowing the fewest total yards per game. You don't play a single Jet player this week. Or ever, really. But th- no, 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 this no, week. no, wait. Are you playing the Jets? <laughs> nice. I like it. Uh, Jimmy G. So we already brought up the entire San Francisco backfield is pretty much injured besides Jerick McKinnon and Jeff Wilson. Uh, but Jimmy Garoppolo, high ankle sprain, not expected to play. Nick Mullins, you know, when he had to play for Jimmy Garoppolo when he had his torn ACL, he did okay. He's fi- he had a great He had the first, first gr- game. Yeah. yeah. But he was still okay. He was. He's definitely not Jimmy G, not at all. Uh, but he did under okay. what you like under what circumstances did you ever expect to utter the phrase like, "Well, he's no Jimmy G." Well, but... I know. I mean, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't think Jimmy G's even that good. But that's still, my point. He's still no Jimmy G. <laughs> he's no Jimmy G. Devontae Adams, another massive superstar that's been killing it so far, is dealing with a hamstring injury. Good he lord. Is actually expected to play, I believe. Uh, but we got to keep a close eye on that to make sure he's still on track. To Can go we just for get all of these guys' hamstring ectomies so we don't have to worry about them? <laughs> Sterling Shepard's on IR. Uh, that boosts. Golden Tate and Darius Lee, and I think. Love it. I'm no, o- I don't love it. I, I'm okay to play either one of those guys. I like Golden Tate and Darius Slayton and Evan Ingram. I mean, last year when you're missing one of these guys, you, you were missing Sterling Shepard or you're missing Golden Tate or you're missing Saquon Barkley. Everyone else had better production because of it, and they were better fantasy assets. So I think Barkley being out and Shepard being out makes Tate and Slayton actually pretty good options. And then we have another injured backfield, the Rams backfield. Cam Akers got hurt very early on in the game in week two. He has separated cartilage in his ribs. That does not sound comfortable. Malcolm Brown has a fractured pinky finger. So both of these injuries, they can play through it. It's a lot going to be about, uh, you know, if you can handle the pain. 
yeah. pain tolerance, especially for acres, you know, getting hit when you have hurt ribs Ooh. is not going to be fun. It, it really just takes one hit to get you back out of the game. Yeah. So you can't start Cam Akers and I, I think Daryl Henderson kind of showed that he's able to take over this backfield. He only had 12 touches and had 140 yards last week. He was yeah. looked electric and that's the thing, guys. Daryl Henderson has always been a very talented running back and super electric. There's things like maybe pass blocking that he's not great at, so he didn't get the opportunity. If he gets the opportunity, he's going to score fantasy points, and he's going to be fantastic. So I am playing him hard this week, and we might hear about him a little bit later. Maybe. Kenny Galladay, some good news is he is expected to play. He's going to come back from that hamstring injury that's kept him out the first two weeks. Uh, and I think that's really good news for Matt Stafford and the entire Detroit offense because they've been struggling. And I don't know if it's because Galladay's been missing. I mean, that is their wide receiver one, but that offense does not look the same as it did in 2019. Well, you don't got a run game. You don't got the wide receiver one. Yeah. I think you need Kenny Galladay there to uh, make Marvin Jones relevant. And yep. that's that's sort of when we saw... I feel like Marvin Jones really start to pop is when Kenny Galladay became a thing. I wouldn't be surprised if Kenny Galladay comes back. We're all excited. We play him. And then this is the week Marvin Jones comes Oh, my God. That's going to happen. You need to bet the over. I don't even know what it is. It could be like 100 yards for Marvin Jones. (laughs) And you need to bet the over this week. And it'll probably be like 30 or 40. So you should bet the over. Uh, And then DJ Chark. He came up yesterday. I mean, he was limited in practice Monday, Tuesday. Yesterday, he sat in practice on Wednesday. A chest injury. He's questionable for tonight, uh, if you're listening to this before Thursday Night Football. it Reports came out this morning saying, you know, it's looking like he will probably play, but something to keep a close eye on. If he misses time, Keenan Cole. Keelan Cole. Keelan. Keenan. Keelan. Be respectful. Keelan Cole is a good play. I think so. He's been really safe. Uh, touchdown in each of the last two games. He's getting targets. 50 yards or more. I, I'm i such a proud mom. Now, if maybe he's getting the targets because defenses are focused in on Chark. Maybe it's kind of like the Marvin Jones thing where if Chark were to sit, Keelan Cole might actually struggle. But I'm, I'm fine. Like If I pick up Keelan Cole off the waivers, if he's on there because I have DJ Chark and I need to switch them out right before the game if Chark sits, I'm doing it because... Guys, I have DJ Chark in like 99% of my league. So I'm going to struggle tonight if he doesn't play because Brian Jones, Byron? Byron Jones. I have trouble saying that name. Uh, Byron Jones for the Dolphins, their best corner, is out for tonight. Their safety is out. Everybody's everybody's out. So I was very excited for DJ Chark tonight. I really hope he plays and I hope he's healthy enough to put up a good game. That's a lot of injuries. Actually, we missed a couple. So, got to go back. Sorry. Uh, Jalen Rager, torn UCL and thumb, going to miss multiple weeks. He's been looking promising. That really stinks for him. Uh, Zach, really stinks for Carson Wentz. Zach Moss, our boy, is dealing with a toe injury like we brought up before. He's missed practice Wednesday and Thursday. There is no way you can play him this week. A, the Bills are playing. Or the, ever. Yeah, until. Until. Wait, hold on. So, Zach Moss and Devin Singletary are splitting drives back and forth. And they're lucky to get two carries on the same drive. No running back is going to succeed that way. You can't get into rhythm, especially a power back like Zach Moss. It's not going to work out until he either steals Devin Singletary's job where it doesn't look like it's going to happen because Singletary looks like the better back on the field. Or, you know, Singletary would get injured. 
now Singletary has been bad for fantasy too with Moss because he's stealing his snaps and he's stealing the goal line work. If Moss misses time, Singletary becomes a really great play, I think. Or if Josh Allen just had fewer designed runs. I like there would be They're not running carry. the ball. Like both Moss and Singletary are getting under 10 carries a game. Yeah. They're not really running the ball. It's going to be hard. You got to just keep them on your bench or I'm okay with dropping him. I'm keeping him on my bench because I believe in the talent, but he needs the workload and he's not getting it. Yeah. And then last one, I promise, AJ Brown uh, dealing with a knee injury. He's still uncertain for week three. Do you play him if he comes back? I think he's one of the guys that you draft highly enough that you should play him. I think you need to play a high upside player in conjunction with him. You know what's super annoying is I was on the Daddy Metcalf train the entire offseason. And then all of a sudden, right before the season started, I was like, you know what? AJ Brown, baby. And I like got all in love with AJ Brown and I drafted him in too many drafts instead of DK Metcalf. And DK Metcalf has looked so amazing. And AJ Brown could still be amazing. Like he's been injured. You can't blame him for that. Russell it's Wilson just, is throwing for a 14% yeah. touchdown right. The difference is Russell Wilson versus Ryan Tannehill. Like I believe in Wilson more and I just wish I had that piece. Hot take. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's get into the games this week. Now that we went over all of those injuries, I'm like out of breath. <gasps> out of breath. Uh, but we're going to talk about a handful of our favorite, most intriguing fantasy matchups of the week. Uh, and, and just talk through some of the storylines that we're looking for. Some some players we're excited to start. Some, you know, we kind of don't want to. Uh, and where do you want to start? I would love to start Dallas versus Seattle. I am so excited Ooh, for one. this matchup. This is going to be one of the highest scoring games of the week. We have seen Dallas lose so many our defensive weapons. They're not going to be able to stop Russell Wilson. Nobody can stop Russell Wilson right now. The man is pure straight fire. There has to be some room for regression because he can't possibly keep up a 14% touchdown rate, right? No, not throughout the whole year, but I do think this game is going to be extremely high scoring. You have two defenses that so far they haven't been able to really stop anybody. I mean, yes, Seattle's 2-0, but... You know, New England almost won that game at the last second, and yeah. they scored 30 points, and it would have been 37 if Cam Newton got in there at the last second. And then Dallas, really, I mean, Atlanta put up, what, 39 points, and they still lost. That is insane because Dallas came back. That was such a cool onside kick and the comeback moment. That was such a fun game to watch. But so both of these defenses are allowing a ton of points. Did you see CeeDee Lamb's reaction when they won that game? No. It was so great. You oh. you have to be so I'll excited I'll go back and watch guy. the... I'll go watch uh, Lamb's reaction. I think... So that's a great pivot. Like, CeeDee Lamb. Is he an every week starter? I think he's like... So I'm not going to commit to every week yet, but I think this is a, a week where you can start him. I think if anybody uh, is going to succeed, it's going to be... All of the fantasy assets in this yeah. matchup like, I mean, together. Yeah. Is there anyone you're sitting really like? I don't. Well, how do you feel about Michael Gallup? So he's a guy that you know we were very high on coming into the season. Mm-hmm. He was like a top end wide receiver last year, and he really hasn't done much at all to start the season. Yep, I think CD... he's had two games of like fifty receiving yards. Yeah, a fifty yard and a fifty eight. So it's not bad. He's just not getting the touchdown. Uh, and neither really, I mean, Lamb and Cooper both didn't have a touchdown last week either. 
Now, with Michael Gallup, I was thinking it would take time for CeeDee Lamb to come along, right? I knew CeeDee Lamb's talent, but I was like, okay, it might take a half a season for him to really start getting the targets and stealing, uh, you know, Gallup's target share. No, it took half a quarter. It's it's happened. And I love Michael Gallup, love his talent. And I do think this is a game you can absolutely play him. If you can't play him in this game, then you can't play him really ever. So I am fine still plugging in Michael Gallup, but it could... I think the issue with these three wide receivers, it's probably most weeks two of them will have a good game. Yeah. And then the third won't. And it's going to depend on which which two they are. And so far, it's been Amari Cooper and CeeDee Lamb with the better games. With, uh, I mean, and then Dalton Schultz put up a really good game, too, with 10 targets, nine receptions. And you weren't even a Blake Jarwin believer. I wasn't. But, I mean, at this point, when you see what Dalton Schultz is doing, I do think Blake Jarwin would have done the same thing. So, like, I'm willing to admit I was wrong there, uh, even though Blake Jarwin obviously is not an option this year with I mean, the torn ACL. You've just had a quarterback who uh, sort or of Achilles. grew up throwing to Jason Witten. It's probably sort of a natural, uh, natural thing for him to, you know, try to try to throw to those tight ends. I actually do think Dalton Schultz can, is someone you can start. The tight end, if it was any other position, I would say, let's wait it out. But the tight end position is so gross. It's so hard to grab a good guy off the waivers that I'm willing to take the chance on him. And maybe you don't play him, but I'm willing to take a shot and pick him up, put him on my bench to see, hey, is this for real? Can I start him every week? Imagine if it is for real. Yeah. Like, I would rather have him on my bench than Herndon, which I know some people are stashing, hoping for him to be a thing like me. Uh, but I like I'm dropping Herndon to pick up. To pick up uh, Schultz if he's available. So here's the thing. So I know everybody, like, this doesn't even go back to is Dak a good quarterback or not. You have to look at the number of defensive weapons Dallas has lost. They are going to need to throw the ball a lot. They are going to need to produce offensively if they plan to have any shot. Seattle's given up a lot of yards to the tight end position since last year. I think this is a nice matchup for him. I'm cool with playing him if I need to. Obviously, you're starting your studs and you're you're you know you're starting your Higbees. I'm gonna call him a stud. All of uh, the Higbees. <laughs> I'm starting Hayden Hurst over him still. Are you starting all of your Hurstis? Hurstis, yes. Uh, but okay, let's go on to the other side of the ball because both of these teams are so exciting. Stacked the Seahawks. I mean, okay, who scores more fantasy points, Dak Prescott or Russell Wilson? I think you've got to go with Russell Wilson yeah. right now. Yeah. Like, I, I think that, uh, you know, Dak has had a good start to the season, especially for fantasy, but I don't think we can bank on him just always getting all of those rushing touchdowns to sort of balance out those scales a lot. Russell Wilson is the better passer, and I think he's facing the weaker defense. Yep. And then Tyler Lockett or Daddy? I'm all about Tyler Lockett <laughs> this week. I think... He is going to absolutely smash. It's going to be so awkward because my dad actually listens to this podcast. So I'm just going <laughs> to say DK Metcalf. Uh, but it is fun to call him daddy. Daddy. Uh, I think Tyler Lockett is going to absolutely smash this week. I have him ranked as my wide receiver six. I think, you know, Dallas just can't cover the slot. And that is Tyler Higby, Tyler Higby, uh, Tyler Lockett's game he is going to be an absolute animal out of control. You think this is a Tyler Lockett game? I do. I absolutely do. I am going with Metcalf. I'm going with a Metcalf game. 
All right. Should we should we make a beer bet? Ooh, we should. We have to chug whoever doesn't score more. We yeah. haven't done that in a while. Yeah. All right. Shake. Shake on it. All right. So it'll be Metcalf versus Lockett. For everybody who knows, we did shake. <laughs> so the thing with Met- Metcalf, so far on the season, he's has the seventh most receiving yards. But the thing is, he only has eight receptions. Like, that is so insane. Everyone else above him has 16 receptions, 17 receptions. You know what they call that? What? Unsustainable. Maybe, because he is averaging 23 yards per reception. 100% unsustainable. But... The thing about Metcalf is he could be nothing all game. And then all of a sudden in the fourth quarter have one long bomb and he is great for you in fantasy. Like you got to love that. And he is just looking like a beast out there. I'm very excited for him for the rest of the season. And I'm going to going to continue just throwing him into my lineup. Yeah. I, I mean, you can't sit him. It's just a matter like Tyler Lockett's going to outscore him in PPR. Sorry. Nope. He's not. All right. So what about Chris Carson? Because dude is killing it through the air. Uh, on the ground, he's not getting as much yardage. Well, what- they're, not, they're not putting quite as much of an emphasis on rushing the ball. And I mean, that's, that's the let Russ cook movement. So I think that, you know, as long as he's pigging, piggybacking on on Russell Wilson and his success, you have to, like, he's a weapon in the offense. Yeah. I mean, he doesn't even have a hundred yards on the ground yet this season, like total. And he doesn't have a rushing touchdown yet, but he's getting targets and he has three receiving touchdowns through two games. I, I, at this point, like they're either going to use Carson and, you know, ride him for a game and he'll score some rushing touchdowns and have yards. And then, you know, if they're going to pass all that game, Chris Carson's the guy. I mean, that's what's most impressed me this year is that last season it was Chris Carson. He either got his rushing touchdowns or he didn't. And then he kind of let you down because he wasn't used in the passing game. He's on pace for 72 targets. I know that's insane. And 72 receptions, a hundred percent completion. Wow. That is uh, sustainable. Yeah, no, but I mean, he's been exciting. So you keep playing him. There is nothing in this offense that's sustainable, but I want it to be sustained. Yes, I agree. All right, let's move on to the next matchup. There's so much in that one because it's so fun. Ah! (laughs) Let's talk about a different one. Let's go to Detroit versus Arizona. Now, it might not seem exciting. Not the sexiest. Not the sexiest, but, I mean, Kyler Murray has been on fire. Holy Moses, those legs. And now with, you know, DeAndre Hopkins. And I did want to just take a second to talk about Kenyon Drake. I think he has a fantastic fantasy week this week. He's been a letdown, right? Like if you take him in the back of the first round, early second, he's not killing you, but he's not winning you weeks. That's for sure. Well, he's the backup running back behind Kyler Murray. Yeah, I mean, kind of. He is. And I do think in this matchup, the Lions are giving up a ton of yards on the ground. They're the worst run defense so far in 2020. I, I think Kenyon Drake and Kyler Murray will have plenty of rushing yards this week. And I, I hope they feed him a bit more. I think this is a game where they could uh, easily win and get ahead, especially with their defense has been pretty solid. So if they get ahead, I just hope that they lean more on Kenyon Drake and he gets his rushing touchdowns, he gets his rushing yards, and they need to use him more in the passing game. Like Kenyon Drake is a great receiver, and they haven't been using him in that area so it's far. It's because they're so darn obsessed with DeAndre Hopkins. Get over it, guys. Yeah, I mean. He's only the best wide receiver in the league. Yeah, <laughs> they've been targeting him 
pretty nuts. He had 16 targets in week one and then had nine targets in week two. So my theory about him not receiving uh, 160 targets was really wrong. <laughs> yes, it, it was very wrong. Uh, but Drake did have 20 rushing attempts last week. He had 86 yards. Not terrible, not great. Uh, the just issue just is he's not getting receptions. He's not scoring touchdowns. Yep. So it, you have to worry. Like I, I feel like this is the situation heading into the season that everybody was worried about with Josh Allen. Uh, and he really hasn't, like, he's done a lot of his work through the air. Uh, we should have been worried about Kyler Murray sniping from Kenyon Drake. Yeah, you're right, because Kyler Murray had two rushing touchdowns last week. I do think it's going to start to turn over back to Drake. And Kyler Murray's going to get his rushing yards, get his uh, rushing attempts, but I do think Drake ends up getting more of the touchdowns. I'm calling it this week is his breakout week. Uh, I'm plugging him in everywhere. Obviously, if you drafted him, you're playing him. But I do think you can depend on him scoring a lot of points this week. You're obviously starting Kyler Murray. Now, Matthew Stafford has been kind of garbage. Yeah. And he hasn't had a ton of weapons without Kenny Galladay there and with his running game being disappointing. Are you able to start him? I, I don't want to right now. I think his upside just doesn't seem to be the same. What about with Galladay back? I want to see it first. I want to see uh, that Galladay is fully healthy. And he's not just like a decoy. Yes. I, I want to see all of those things. Now, they did say that that he maybe be, maybe could have played last week, but they wanted to play it safe and sit him out one more week. That's really good for you know his status, I think. Uh, if they gave him that extra week to heal, then he should be fully healed. But we know that that hamstring could get re-injured at any moment, which is scary. It could. And I don't, I just worry about the fact that it's not like there's nobody. It's not like Sam Darnold here where he's throwing to Braxton Berrios. Like he's throwing to Marvin Jones. He's throwing to TJ Hawkinson. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've been utilizing DeAndre Swift in the passing game a lot. So uh, he has some weapons. He's just not been the same guy. And I think he's always been a value at the quarterback position, but maybe we're starting to see that shift as he gets older. It, you know, last year was a career year for him, and he's, what, 33? I don't know how old he is off the top of my head, but he's, yeah, he's over 30 for it, sure. You don't you don't often see guys, unless you're Ryan, Ryan Tannehill, of course, have their breakout season after the age of 30, but I just don't, I, I love Matthew Stafford. I like the offense. Uh, I like the pieces, but I don't know if I'm going to buy in, especially in the age of like the Russian quarterback. Maybe he was always a value because we didn't really have these guys that were prototypical rushing quarterbacks. Back exactly. Then. Like I would much rather play Gardner Minshew, even maybe Daniel Jones, and then obviously all of the great rushers. But if I have the chance between Gardner Minshew or Matthew Stafford, I'm going with Minshew. Pocket passers are so out. <laughs> they really are, especially for fantasy. It's hard to play, you know, to trust a pocket passer only because they have to have the touchdowns. And when you have a rusher, you don't need them. And you might hate that, but that's how fantasy points work. Uh, and then I do think the Cardinals are a sneaky start at defense. They're top 10 in fantasy points through two weeks. Their defense has been like 
pretty good. I mean, they played Washington last week, so that might be a cheat. And But I feel like their defense just looks better. They beat San Fran with a fully healthy San Francisco. Yeah. I don't know. I think it's a sneaky start. Well, remember last year, I think it was like week two, where I was like, what do we think about the 49ers defense? And I'm pretty sure we laughed for like three minutes about Mm -hmm. it. Like maybe this is this year's 49ers. Yeah, because the year before that, the 49ers defense was so bad. Yeah. And then they end up dominant. And I think that... I don't know if the Cardinals will be dominant this year, but I do think they're a sneaky good start. All right, let's head over. Carolina versus Los Angeles Chargers. A couple of interesting storylines here. So let's start on Carolina's side of the ball. They lost Christian McCaffrey. He's out for probably about four games, and we don't even know what we're going to see when he returns. Is he going to be at full health? Maybe not. Last year we saw uh, you know, a few players return from ankle sprains, and they didn't look great. No, it took them a second, and it wasn't just like, oh, nobody's. It was Kamara and Barkley, and it took And them... Joe Mixon. I mean, Mixon, it takes an entire season for to see any <laughs> uh, goodness out of him. But with Kamara and Barkley, they came back, and they came back fast, and I expect CMC to do the same thing. He's on IR, so he has to be out three weeks, but his timetable is four to six weeks. I would be shocked if he missed more than three games. It's just, these are the type of players that want to be back. They're going to do it any way they can, but then you have to start them, right? And we saw Barkley and Kamara really struggle for the first few games when they got back. I am a Kamara, or sorry, CMC manager in just like two leagues, and I'm looking to move him, not in Dynasty, If I have him in a redraft league, I absolutely want to get him the heck off my roster. You do? Absolutely. I don't want to be obligated to play him returning from this injury. So who would you, like, if you can get Clyde Edwards-Hilaire for CMC, would you do it straight up? Yep. What about, let's go, let's go even scarier, James Conner or CMC. You know James Conner could get hurt any second, but he's healthy right now. No. No? Uh, What about Joe Mixon? No. You want three points a game? <laughs> no, but like I, if I had a, a Derrick Henry manager coming to me after he had a down week last week, I would absolutely take Derrick Henry. Um, I would take Austin Eckler, Miles Sanders, uh, Clyde edwards alaire Are people really trading you these players for CMC right now knowing? I would, I would take, this is hot takey, I would take Kareem Hunt for CMC Ooh, right now. That's real hot takey. I don't. I don't agree. How about Kenyon Drake? Yeah, I would take Kenyon Drake. Straight up. Yeah, I would. Now, am I going to regret it by week 10? Yes. <laughs> but <laughs> you have to win before week 10. Like, that's the issue is you can't just lose all these games and then expect to be in the playoffs. Like, yeah, maybe once I get into the playoffs, if I went and traded for Kenyon Drake, I would be like, oh, shoot, like, I really want CMC right now. But I wouldn't be in the playoffs if I had to sit CMC all of these weeks and then play him when he comes back if he struggles. Like, you got to get into the playoffs first before you worry about regretting your trade later on in the year. Yeah. Because I, I do think by the end of the year, CMC is CMC again, right? Like, he's going to miss three or four games, and then he's going to come back, maybe struggle for two weeks, and then he's going to be CMC again. Yeah. So you need a great running back, and I do think Kenyon Drake is in that category he just needs more work in the passing game. So, like, if you can get Josh Jacobs, who kind of had a down game on Monday Night Football, like, do that in a heartbeat. I just don't know if anyone's willing to do that. I, I really don't know what the threshold is, but that's inspired me to go 
uh, make some offers to get him off of my team. I don't have CMC in any redrafts because I didn't have the 101, but I agree with you. All right, let's talk about another guy. So CMC is gone, right? So somebody's going to get more targets and, uh, you know, be the beneficiary of him gone. Now, Mike Davis is planning to step into this role. If you want to play him, fine. I just don't. Whatever. The intriguing thing about Mike Davis was his usage as a receiver last mm-hmm. week. He saw seven targets. And he he's probably going to keep seeing that. And But if you're expecting CMC numbers, you're not going to get them. No. But I am fine starting Mike Davis. Now, Robbie Anderson, 100 yards each of the last two weeks. He's a wide receiver one right now. Yeah, I mean, he's... He's a top five wide receiver. He's doing great with Teddy Bridgewater. And is it another case where a player gets away from Adam Gase and they're they're showing their full potential? Or are we overreacting over the first two weeks? What do you say about Robbie Anderson? Is he a weekly start? I think you have to until proven otherwise. He's not a guy that um, needs... Like, the issue in, in the Jets offense was obviously the Jets, but... He wasn't a guy that got a ton of volume, and I think we're starting to see him get more volume with the Panthers' offense. You get the ball in his hands. He's really explosive. He can make big plays, and I think that if they're going to make more of a concentrated effort to get him the ball, and clearly Teddy Bridgewater is, I've been more impressed with Teddy Bridgewater as a passer than I I expected. Um, You know, He's actually put up some decent passing yards, and he'd probably be fantasy relevant right now, um, I did some like super rough math earlier, but if he had, uh, he's at like a 1% touchdown rate or something ridiculous. If he regresses up to like his career average of 4.5% of his passes being touchdowns, he would actually be a top 12 quarterback in fantasy. The issue is just the touchdowns. Yeah, 100%. And Bridgewater has never been a good fantasy quarterback, and it's kind of because of that. No, but... It, this is below yeah. his career average yeah, for touchdowns. Yeah. No, and those touchdowns will sooner or later come up. Now, I'm not going to say they're going to come up for DJ Moore, though, because, I mean, he never has touchdowns in his two seasons. He had four touchdowns last year, six, I think, the year before that. He's not a touchdown guy. But he had 13 targets, eight receptions, 120 yards last week. He's definitely a guy you're plugging in. I just don't think he has that upside that people were hoping for when you started the season. Uh, Robbie Anderson, I I think you do, like you said, you have to plug him in until he proves otherwise. Because how many times are you going to let him sit on your bench with 100 yards? You're not going to feel good. Yeah. And then Curtis Samuel. So this is what happens when CMC gets injured. People are going to get excited about Curtis Samuel possibly seeing more targets. It could happen. Uh, But apparently, like last week, Mike Davis had eight targets and Curtis Samuel still only had two. Now, Curtis Samuel had four rushing attempts. Maybe he could, he was a running back. He was a running back in college. So maybe they use him more as the running back since Mike Davis, yes, he can be targeted. I just don't know how good he's going to be on the ground. I think all this does is make people hold on to Curtis Samuel when they could have dropped him. Yeah. And you're going to want to play him because you're going to be like, ooh, what if? I don't know if it's going to be pretty for you. I would rather see how they use Curtis Samuel before plugging him into my lineup. If he breaks out on my bench, okay, then you have someone for the next three games. Well, CMC's out. I'm not risking that in my lineup. Nope. All right, cool. I'm glad you agree. Uh, Over to the Chargers side of the ball. Interesting. We were talking about this before in our news and notes. Herbert's going to be the starter with Tyrod Taylor out with the 
punctured lung insane. Yeah. Whoops. But, okay, Herbert makes everybody more exciting, though. So he actually targets Keenan Allen, the best wide receiver <gasps> on their team. Oh, my goodness. He actually targets Austin Eckler, one of their best players on their offense. And he still targeted Hunter Henry. He makes everybody a more viable fantasy option as Except the quarterback. Except for maybe Mike Williams, yeah. who did see a, a drop in target share. But is Mike Williams ever a viable fantasy play? Really? Like, you can never trust him? I don't think you could ever really trust him, but I think he looks really good. Um, I, I Just watching him play, his stat line hasn't showed it, but I think watching him actually play in the game, you've seen some, like, ridiculous catches that he'd made, and, you know, if it was maybe a better place, ball would have been a monster catch. Yep. Like, he's been targeted down the field. I am willing to start Justin Herbert this week. I absolutely am. 311 I, I mean, yards in his first game, one touchdown, but he had a rushing touchdown. Yep, he has a rushing upside. He kind of has that Josh Allen rushing upside. And I, you know, obviously if you have a better starting quarterback, you know, it's only week three. So your quarterback might be Russell Wilson or Kyler Murray or Josh Allen. Yes, I'm starting all of them. I'm starting all the greats over Herbert. But if you're looking at the Matthew Staffords or the Philip Rivers or the Teddy Bridgewaters, I'm starting Justin Herbert over those guys. I I'm on board. Cool. I, I am on board. And I think the, uh, you know, obviously Austin Eckler, he is a must play every week. He's in my top 10 this week. Did see more targets. This is a perfect matchup for... Yeah. Um, them Carolina has allowed so much on the ground. I'm starting all of these guys. I'm starting Keenan Allen. I'm starting Austin Eckler. I'm starting Hunter Henry. I like them all. I'm not starting Mike Williams still. I'm starting Joshua Kelly. I have Joshua Kelly in my top 20 running backs this week. I am super excited for him. He's been seeing a pretty significant volume. Uh, Last week saw uh, 24 or sorry, 23 rushing attempts. Yep. Two targets. Uh, it was much worse than Eckler on the ground. Oh, absolutely. So he had 30 less uh, rushing yards on seven more carries. and But he saw 50 receiving yards. So it was only two targets, but he had 49 receiving yards. He's a viable play. I agree with you. I mean, volume should be there. And if he's going to succeed on the ground, this is a great matchup to prove that. Yep. All right, let's move on to our next matchup. Uh, Our team, Houston versus Pittsburgh. Our team. Our team. Pittsburgh, baby. So this is the issue, is that Deshaun Watson is a great quarterback. Now, he's stuck with Bill O'Brien, who is... The only reason he doesn't get made fun of more is because Adam Gase exists, and that's the only reason. He's just like... It's once Adam Gase gets fired, Bill O'Brien has to start sweating it out because he's going to be the <laughs> laughing stock of the NFL. So Deshaun Watson so far has not been very good for fantasy. Now he did have to play Kansas City, and then last week he had to play very hard defense uh, in Baltimore. He did put it together against Kansas City with garbage time. He did not have that chance against Baltimore because their defense is just better. Now he has to go up against the Steelers' defense. The Steelers defense did kind of get beat up by Jeff Driscoll, not going to lie. But I think that is something that that's a pretty common theme that we see across the board. Yeah, if you, is game, when you plan, game plan for yeah. some specific quarterback, we saw Nick Mullins look like MVP last year when uh, was it ago, against yeah. the, the Raiders, mm-hmm. I believe, uh, when he got the start. It was pretty unexpected. Didn't didn't expect to, to game plan for Nick Mullins specifically. He came out and looked like a million bucks. And then guess what? 
do-do. Yeah, once you game plan. So I do think that was the issue. They went in game planning against Drew Locke. It's hard to just switch in the middle of the game. I do think the Steelers' defense is still elite. I do think Deshaun Watson's going to struggle. He is clearly missing DeAndre Hopkins. Shocker, you trade away the best wide receiver in the league, and your offense struggles. Now, Will Fuller already dealt with a hamstring injury, but apparently he's going to play. Who knows? You can't trust Will Fuller. But if you need an upside play, do you play him? No. But I do think he helps Deshaun Watson if Will Fuller plays. If Will Fuller's out, you cannot play Watson. Yikes. If Will Fuller plays, I guess you can play Watson, but don't expect much. What about the running backs? Uh, Melvin Gordon, you know, did a little bit more than we figured he would do against Pittsburgh's defense as well. It really just came down to that the one receiving touchdown, or he, he wouldn't have had a very good day. David Johnson looked great week one. And then week two, put up a stinker. Against Baltimore's Against defense. Baltimore. But you did see the fact that I think Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, when they got carries, actually looked pretty decent. It wasn't like the Ravens were suffocating them. It was just like, how much can you really dedicate to the run when you're trying to catch up to a team that just dropped 33 points? Yeah, and but David Johnson also... So he has sell four targets, but only two receptions for 16 yards. I, I could see a same type of game for him here. Uh, he only had 11 carries, only put up 34 rushing yards, no touchdowns. He's going to need the touchdown to be good. Uh, I don't really want to start David Johnson. Nope. Let me put it for you this way. If I can pick between David Johnson and Joshua Kelly, I'm going to play Joshua Kelly. All right. I like it. I would start James Robinson over David Johnson. Oh, yes. You know who I'd start over David Johnson is James Conner on the other side of the ball. Yes, he had that breakaway run at the end of the game. Did help his fantasy day out, but I don't care. He's the goal line back. He's the receiving back. Benny Snell's not a thing. He like, looked much better last time. week. Uh, James Conner put it together last week. He stayed healthy through a whole game. Houston's defense has really been struggling this year. They're not the same Texans defense of late. Uh, so... Totally cool with playing all the Steelers. Deontay Johnson has been a target monster. You're plugging him into your lineup. Ben and Deontay have it going on. They do, but I think you do have to be careful. Like, if you're in a standard league, Deontay Johnson, I don't think you can trust him. His average depth of target. It's so low. It's so low. I, I believe he's being targeted at an average of, like, six yards down the field. Yeah, so he had 13 targets last year and still didn't hit 100 yards. He had 92. And coming into the season, I said, Deontay Johnson is going to need a ton of targets to be a consistent fantasy play. And guess what? He's getting a ton of targets. So he is going to be a good fantasy play, I think. But he does need all of those targets. So he needs those 10 plus targets. I do think he'll continue to get near that. Juju had eight targets last year, uh, only 48 yards and no touchdowns, but I'm not worried about him. I'm Are we going to talk about in. the elephant in the room? What? Chase Claypool. Chase Claypool on that one catch was pretty bomb. But he's had a couple of really bomb catches. Yeah. I would not be surprised for uh, you know Chase Claypool's role to start expanding. He's been on limited snaps, but... He's he's been targeted in critical situations, and he's looked so he he's given you no reason to not give him the ball more. And if I need a really you know a, a flyer, you know, especially in a dynasty league where maybe I got Chase Claypool in the second or third round, I will a hundred percent throw him into my lineup if I'm injured. Nice. 
Yeah, I mean, you might need to with all the injuries. Moving on to the next game and our final game, uh, Kansas City versus Baltimore. Best game of the week? Yes. And uh, are you playing everybody? Like, who wouldn't you play here? Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, you're still playing, but he had a down week too. And he has a hard matchup, like a really hard matchup against Baltimore. Yeah. Like you said, Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt actually looked good against Baltimore. They just didn't run often because they went down so fast. But David Johnson looked very bad against them. So what's going on with Clyde Edwards-Hilaire? Do you trust him? Like You're playing him. He was your first-round pick. You have, to, you have to play him, obviously. And if you don't play him and he goes off, you're going to shoot yourself in the foot. So you have to play him regardless. But if you play him, I think you do need to partner him with a high upside, uh, maybe guy in your flex. I think the interesting question is more on Baltimore's side of the backfield. What are they doing with Mark Ingram and J.K. Dobbins? Because both of them are just killing each other's values at this point. Yeah, I don't know if you can start. Can you start either? Running back. I don't really want to because last week uh, it was Gus Edwards who had the most carries. And yes, it was Mark Ingram who had the 30-yard touchdown. That's great. But if you're going to depend on that from Mark Ingram every week, it's going to be too hard. I think they're all eating into each other's work. They're all very talented. I don't really want to trust any of them. I'm sure one of them will end up having a nice game. But who? Who? Yeah, you had uh, Lamar Jackson lead with 16 rushing attempts, then Gus Edwards with 10. Mark Ingram with nine, J.K. Dobbins with two. Uh, though you did see um, Mark Ingram get the touchdown, you saw J.K. Dobbins get the two touchdowns the week before. It's going to be impossible to trust these guys on a week-to-week basis. Yep. And you're starting, like, literally all of the Chiefs. <laughs> you're starting Mahomes. You're starting Kelsey. You're starting Hill. Like I said, you're still starting Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Do we have an update on uh, Watkins? Uh, status with his concussion? I don't, but if Sammy Watkins were to sit, I think Nicole Hardman is a sneaky start. Ooh. I feel like that's bold, but it shouldn't be. And now if Watkins plays, if I had to choose between the two, I would go with Watkins. It does not look like Sammy Watkins is practicing. Okay, so he's still not practicing Thursday. He's still in concussion protocol. He probably, like, I, my guess is he wouldn't play. I do think Nicole Hardman is a possible start, no, I'm not looking to start him, but if you need someone because of injuries, I think he has a high upside, just a really low floor. And then on the Baltimore side of the ball, you're starting Mark uh, Mark Andrews, you're starting Hollywood Brown, you're starting Lamar Jackson. The running backs are what scare me, and I'd like to look elsewhere. Yep. Name, okay, to end this, name one favorite player of the week in a game we didn't discuss. Do you need time to think about it? Because I can go with mine. Yeah, let's hear yours. Okay, so I talked about him earlier in the the news and notes. It's Daryl Henderson with Cam Akers hurt, with Malcolm Brown hurt. I think Daryl Henderson will finally get his opportunity. He is extremely talented. He can break off any play. He just needs the opportunity. He's going to get it. Buffalo, you can run against them. I mean, they're not the easiest defense to run against, but they're better at against the pass than they are against the run. I think Daryl Henderson has a very nice week. I'm plugging him in everywhere that I have him. All right. I I do have mine. You inspired me when you said that it was a guy you've mentioned earlier because I instantly had this fear that you were going to name my guy, and my guy is James Robinson. I am obsessed with this guy. I profiled him on my Road to World article 
uh, to preview Thursday night football. He looks incredible. He does not look like an undrafted free agent. He looks like a solid veteran running back. Um, And when I'm looking up, you know, like, why is he undrafted? I really can't find a a great reason. He's not a guy that I studied in the draft process, but, uh, you know, it seems like the best reason I can come up with is that he ran a 4.64. And that's not great, but guess what? He excelled uh, over the 50th percentile in almost every single other drill that he participated in. He wasn't efficient in college, so that could have been it. But too. he he produced a lot. Um, you know, he's a, a three-time All-American. He played in the FCS, not the FBS, but his production compared to the production of Leonard Fournette so far, uh, you know, when you compare Leonard Fournette's first two games to Jane Robinson's first two games, uh, they're actually kind of on pace with each other, and that's super interesting for this guy. Looks awesome. The offense looks awesome. Love Gardner Minshew. Bada bing. Well, hopefully people listen before Thursday night or they can't start James Robinson. But hopefully you don't look stupid when people are listening tomorrow. Hey, uh, my pick was good last year. I was all about, or last week, I was all about Nick Chubb. Uh, and I think that looked pretty good. Yeah, so, that looked great. Uh, everybody, be sure to check out ballblastfootball.com. Check out the website. We've got lots of cool things going on over there. Follow me on Twitter at FFBallBlast. And me, Michelle, at BallBlastEm, BallBlastEM. Good luck in week three. May you be healthy. Yeah, let's hope it's a healthier week. All right, have fun watching football tonight, guys. Peace out. Bye. Bye.